Welcome, and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. The title of today's sermon is the same as the popular TV show. Our director of Ohana Ministries, Karen Makashima, delivers today's message. It's a lesson on how to approach life. Aloha. I am Karen Makashima, and I am the Ohana Ministry Director. And it is my delight to be able to walk alongside of our kids and our families and our team here at First Pres as we point each other to our Creator. Today's sermon is titled, The Amazing Race. My family loves to watch the TV show, The Amazing Race. And we especially enjoy watching this um, during, the pandem- during the pandemic when no one could travel. Every season, teams of two compete against each other in a race around the world, doing different challenges. The last couple wins a million dollars. And the course is all laid out. And there are several um, obstacles. And the course is all laid out in various cities and countries. Many times the journey is messy and it's stressful with tons of challenges to overcome. Our favorites are the teams who enjoy the process of getting to their destination. They savor the scenery, they enjoy the people of the various cultures, and they encourage each other along the course. One of my favorite teams last season was a dad and a son, Dave and Connor. And Connor is 22 years old. He's one of the youngest participants to ever um, go in the amazing race. Dave and Connor knew how to complement each other's strengths and to watch each other's back. Both Dave and Connor are cancer survivors. They are an amazing team. And I love watching this team because they show me how to run the race of life, beginning with community with one another while encouraging others along the way. And today, we continue to follow the lectionary for our teaching, and it's about a race. Our scripture passage comes from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12. Now, the author is unknown. Some say it's Luke or Paul or Barnabas or even Priscilla and Aquila. But no matter who the author is, they describe a race, a journey that each of us are on. And the author wants to encourage the Hebrew believers to not give up their faith and to stay strong in the midst of all the persecution that they are experiencing. Now, Nero was the Roman emperor of the time, and he reigned from 54 to 68 AD. And towards the end of his reign, the great fire of Rome took place. And the citizens of Rome blamed Nero for the, starting the fire. And to take the blame off of himself, Nero blamed the Christians for setting the fire. And to gain popularity, Nero would torture the Christians in horrible ways, like crucifying them 
or making them fight against lions. So with this understanding of the text, let's read Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And please stand, if you were able, out of reverence for God's word. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely, and let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. And may God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. Would you pray with me, please? Father, we thank you for the power of your word. And we ask that you would open our hearts and our minds to all that you would have for us. And it's in your son's name that we make our prayers. Amen. Now, today I'm planning to focus on three points in this Hebrew passage. The first point is that we are not alone in this race. The second point is to strip down. And the third point is to focus on Jesus. And when I thought about this passage, the idea of us being on a race together really stood out to me. This race is an analogy of the journey of our life. And it seems like the older I get, the more I want to know that I'm running this race well, and that I want to encourage others to run this race well too. Now, Emma Wong is a senior in high school, and she has grown up here in our First Pres Church. And she came to my rescue when I said, Emma, Auntie needs a picture of Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. And uh, as you can see, she is amazing at, uh, at creating God's word and putting it on a canvas. So thank you, Ems. On this canvas, you're going to notice a road that represents our journey through this life. And there's boulders along these, this road or this path. And the boulders represent the difficult times, the challenges, those disappointments, those times that we just can't see what's happening next. And it's just downright scary. Maybe you didn't make the team that you practiced so hard for. Or maybe you've lost a child. And that ache in your heart just won't go away. Or maybe you've received a diagnosis that doesn't sound good. Or maybe you're caring for an aging parent. These boulders represent the really tough times in our lives. We are never designed, nor are we equipped, to face these boulders alone. Now, at times, the road is beautiful but it's also messy and it's complex. One of the amazing things about being on this race is that we're not alone if we're believers in Christ. Now, along this path, 
you'll see a race that we're surrounded by this huge cloud of people, this huge cloud of witnesses. And they witness the love of Jesus. And the author of Hebrews wanted the, peop- the Hebrew people and us to know our first point, that we are not running this race alone. For we're never strong when we are alone. Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Now, a witness is someone who testifies that what they've seen is true. These teammates, known as a cloud of witnesses, are not just merely spectators watching from heaven. They are generation upon generation of faithful believers who have witnessed God's faithfulness throughout history. They see his love, his compassion, and his goodness, and they know him, and they love him. Now, the persecuted Hebrews needed to hear this encouragement. You're not alone. Now, let's walk in the sandals of the Hebrews for just a moment. Here was a small forgotten circle of believers who suffered tremendous persecution for their faith. And the Hebrew writers wanted the people to know that living out their faith is social. It requires a community of teammates known as a cloud of witnesses to cheer them on, especially during those tough times. And praise God that this cloud of witnesses is not just for the Hebrew people. It's for us, too, today. This huge community of believers are surrounding our path of life, too. We are not running this race alone, for we are never strong when we're alone. We have a cloud of witnesses cheering the believers us, to stay in the race, to stay the course. Don't give up and keep your eyes on the finish line. Just like in a relay race, the baton has to be handed over to us. And now it's our turn to run the race. We get to join the faithful believers who have come before us. So let's put ourselves on this path and think for a moment Who's in my cloud? Now, here is a cloud of witnesses found in Hebrews 11. And listen to their race. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as if it were dry land. But when the Egyptians attempted to do so, they were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab, the prostitute, did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had received the spies in peace. And what more should I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, of David, of Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched raging fire, escaped the edge of the sword, won strength out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. 
When I read God's word and I put myself in the story, I come away feeling so appreciative that I get to build my faith upon theirs. But sometimes I feel like it's really hard for me to relate to to these heroes of faith. It happened so long ago, and it just doesn't seem relevant. Why, I've never been chased by Egyptians and and needed to cross a body of water. I'm so glad that heroes of faith aren't just in the Bible. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses right here in this room. To be honest with you, I don't even know who Jephthah is, but I do know who Sherry Wong is. Bear with me. Sherry is in the cloud of witnesses for so many, including me, and maybe especially for me. By faith, Sherry shows up here each week to invest in people, in me, in our kids, in our Ohana ministry. Last Friday, she made ham and cheese sliders and her famous homemade fries for 30 middle school and high school kids and our team. And the kids and our team know that they're loved and they're well-fed and they're cared for by Auntie Sherry. And when I was personally going through a hard time, she was there for me, texting me, encouraging words, showing up on my doorstep with Ono food to eat. Sherry and I have been teammates on this race for 16 years. We are on mission together, even though she leads a very rich and full life serving the houseless and her family. The Bible tells us that by faith, Rahab showed compassion to her Ohana by saving them from the invasion. And by faith, our Sherry Wong shows compassion to those around her by listening and caring for our needs. How can we demonstrate faith and compassion like Rahab and Sherry Wong so that we can be part of a cloud of witnesses and tell of God's faithfulness? By faith, the Makuit Ohana, Jeremy, Jamie, and Kaimana acted in obedience to God by becoming a foster family to a precious three-day-old baby, knowing that another family on the mainland would adopt her. For nine months, the Makuits loved and nurtured this little one, giving up their sleep at times, and definitely their hearts. This amazing Ohana is a tremendous advocate for foster families, those who desire to adopt, and those desiring to be reunited with their birth families. Thank you, McCoots, for the investment that you're making in vulnerable children. The Bible tells us that by faith, Joshua was obedient to lead the Israelites to march around the city of Jericho for seven days. And the walls fell and they were able to take the city. And today, by faith, the McCoot Ohana was obedient to care for a baby girl for the first nine months of her life. 
Will we be obedient to what God has called us to do? Even though we may have to sacrifice something of value to us, so that we too can be a part of a cloud of witnesses and tell of God's faithfulness. Now, in 2010, I had the amazing honor of traveling to Swaziland in Africa, which is now called Eswatini. And I went with Heidi Lum and her ministry called Advocates for African Children. And towards the end of our trip, Heidi had facilitated a board, bin, a board meeting. And I introduced myself to the board and I said um, that I was from Hawaii. And one of the men came running up to me and he had the biggest grin on his face and he was carrying his notebook. And he asked me, do you know Gil Berger? And I'm like, yes. Yes, Gil Berger goes to my church. And the man Thimba opened up his notebook and he took out his seminary degree and he said, take my picture and send it to Gil. Thimba was so proud of what he had accomplished. But more important, Thimba was so grateful that someone, Gil Berger, saw him when he was a teen and noticed that he had potential to make a difference in his community. Gil and Laurel Lynn, Gil's wife, made an investment in Thimba and paid for his college and his seminary education. Yes, this kind act changed Thimba's life and the community around him. Thimba needed teammates and the Bergers joined his team as part of his cloud of witnesses. Scripture tells us that by faith, Samuel saw a scrawny little kid, David, the shepherd boy, and he anointed him, him king. And today, by faith, Gil Berger sees a teenager in Africa, and he invests in his college and seminary education. By faith. Thimba, too, is in the cloud of witnesses supporting others in his community as he runs his race. Do we have the faith to see the potential in someone else so that we can be a witness to God's faithfulness? Now, our very own worship leader, Leon Williams, who at times serves at the 8 o'clock service, also is a part of our cloud of witnesses. One day, Sam Lee and I were chatting in the office about hot dogs for Jesus, also known as Ozone Sunday, which happens the first Sunday of every month. And Leon came through the office with tears in his eyes, and he said very adamantly, you have to pray for baby Grace. Sam and I stopped talking about hot dogs and began to listen to Leon share about the wife of his colleague who had just given birth to their second child and had complications with the birth. The baby was in serious danger due to, due to being deprived of oxygen for over 30 minutes. Together, we prayed for God's healing hand to be upon this precious new life. And a few weeks later, I saw Leon in the hallway, and I asked him how baby Grace was doing. And he shared that she was doing great. There was no brain damage. And here is a photo 
of our little miracle baby. The Bible tells us that by faith, Hannah prayed for a child and the Lord blessed her with Samuel. And today, by faith, Leon prays and he encourages others to pray with him on behalf of a family desperately desiring a healthy baby. Will we take the time to be a prayer warrior for those people needing comfort and healing? We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, and you too are in that cloud. And I hope that these stories encourage us to run the race that is set out before us. And we see from these stories of a few of our present day cloud of witnesses, Sherry, the McCoots, the Bergers, and Leon, that being community comes with a price tag. It may include making ham and cheese sliders or caring for a child, investing in others and praying for others. We may get our running shoes dirty because the investment includes our time, sometimes our money, but always our hearts. Being together as a cloud of witnesses for others means that we get to do this. We get to show up when we've got other things to do. We get to make an investment, even if it requires making a sacrifice. We get to do this. We get to be a cloud of witnesses for others. So how about us? Will we be among a cloud of witnesses for others? Yes, sometimes it's risky, sometimes it's messy, but this is the amazing race that we, have, as God's chosen, have been called to. Now back to the race. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Our second point is to strip down. The author of Hebrews encourages us to strip off every weight that might distract us from being present on this race. But know that Jesus has already done the hard work, and he understands our struggles. Stripping away our sin and our distractions helps us to persevere for the long haul, and it keeps our eyes on him. So what do we need to strip away so that we can be present on this race? We're instructed to strip down or manage the sins or distractions or weights that hinders our perseverance. Now on these paintings, there are things that keep us from seeing Jesus. And I can see a little bit of the cross and part of his crown, but, but our sin and our distractions keep us from seeing him. Our sin like greed and pride and arrogance and lust, gossip and dishonesty and being complacent. And here are some of the distractions that we may struggle with, like being rushed. Both Chris and Tim have both preached on the danger of living the rushed life. We can be present. We can't be present to what's happening now. We miss it. Chris has encouraged us to linger, 
to see the leaves rustle in the trees. And this is so much easier said than being done, especially if you're trying to get lunches made and kids to school and be at your meeting at 8 o'clock. An, an, another distraction is too much Netflix. Or, yeah, or listening to the wrong voice saying, you're not good enough. This is a huge distraction that keeps us from running this race well. This voice screws up our identity. We can't see ourselves as our maker sees us. So our head hangs low and our eyes only see our failures and our imperfections. And it becomes our false identity. Thank God that he provides us with a cloud of witnesses and the Holy Spirit to cheer each other on and to help each other find our identity in Christ. Other distractions could be certain toxic relationships or too much stuff, stuff that require much of our time to care for and maintain, or too much food, guilty, dwelling on the loss of a dream. Many of us dwell on the loss of a dream, always asking why. Why can't I have a child or why can't I find a spouse? Or why can't I buy that house? Dwelling on this loss hinders us from being present in the now. And it keeps our focus from seeing the finish line and the blessings that God has for us now. Maybe our distraction is sports. And it's hindering us from coming to worship together in community. And you might be saying, I've waited years for the New York Mets to be in the playoffs. They need me to cheer for my sofa. Now we all struggle with sin and distractions, and I don't know what your struggle is, but here's my story. My complacency keeps me from being with Jesus. I want to pray at night using the daily examine, which is a tool designed by St. Ignatius, and the tool helps me to reflect over my day so that I can give thanks and to reflect on where I sense God's presence throughout the day. I even have this time carved out on my schedule. But at the end of the day, after the dishes are done and I've showered, the plan is to go outside by my fire pit and be with Jesus. But my iPad distracts me. It calls me to my bed where I lay watching Married at First Sight Australia until I fall asleep. My complacency and my iPad distracts me from being in the presence of Jesus. But the writer of Hebrews is telling us that to run the race well, our best yes is to strip away our distractions. But this is so hard to do. And we can't do it on our own. We need a community of believers, past and present, who can help us to see the present and the finish line. We need teammates along the way that are pointing us to Jesus. And notice, notice, I was nervous to do this earlier because I was afraid it was going to But notice when we pull away our distractions and our sin, whew, we're able to focus on 
on Jesus. Jesus has perfectly finished the race, and he encourages us to mark out the race that is set before us. He's always there on this journey, but we had a hard time seeing Jesus through all of our sin and all our distractions. And now our last point is to focus on Jesus, who is the perfecter of our faith. And let us run the, the race with perseverance marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For Christ to win the race, he had to endure the cross, the cross that he despised due to the shame and the humility that the cross represents. Think about it. The Son of God, without any sin, endured the cross so that he could take your sins and my sins away. Psalm 103 says that he has removed our sins as far from us as the east is from the west, so that now we can enter heaven without sin and live forever with our holy God and Jesus, the perfecter of our faith. The hard work has already been done. Jesus made it possible for us to run the race. And as we finish the race, we get to see Jesus face to face. And now we have direct communion with God. And this is the amazing race. This is the good news. But there's more, and I almost missed this. And it says, let us run the race with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For the joy sat before him. What is that joy? Is it glory? Is it riches? Is it fame? Is it unlimited mochi ice cream? No, that joy is us. That joy is me. That joy is you. Jesus, being fully God, knew that enduring the cross, he knew that it would be painful, and he knew the pain that he would feel. He knew what it would be like to bear the shame of all of our sin, the greed, the lies, the complacency. He knew how painful it would be to see his mother weeping for him at the foot of the cross. The pain was almost unbearable until he saw us. He saw you and he saw me with all of our sin separating us from our Father. We are his joy, the reason that he endures the cross. It's because of his amazing love for us. Jesus is the author and the perfecter of our faith, and he now welcomes all men and women who are believers into his, faith, into his Father's presence, for we are his joy. 
Would you please pray with me? Jesus, we are your joy, and you endure the cross for us. Thank you. We're sorry for the times that our sin and our distraction has kept our eyes off of you and we focused on ourself. And as a result, we're missing out on all that you have for us. We know that it's only through your power that we can overcome our sin. Jesus, thank you that we are your joy and for loving us so much that you endure the cross taking on all the shame of our sin so that we get to live forever with you and our heavenly Father. Jesus, out of gratefulness for what you did for us, some of us would like to surrender our hearts to you now. We want to be in your cloud of witnesses, telling of your amazing love for us and for others. Jesus, we ask that you would please come into our hearts and make us as individuals and us as your church into a cloud of witnesses that are teammates to one another, running the race well. Thank you for being on this race with us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Karen. What a powerful and wonderful word to remind us uh, that we are not on this race alone, that we are in a great cloud of witnesses. I am so delighted and um, encouraged to be in a cloud of witnesses in this community with you and such great heroes of faith that we can encourage each other on, that we can strip away our distractions, that we can focus our eyes on Jesus. Uh, God bless you, Karen, for delivering the word powerfully this morning. Um, this is our time that um, we're going to go back to the QR code. I know it's a little bit of a shaky letdown, but um, if you are motivated and feel um, delighted to be part of this community, please support the work of this church, both here and around the world. Uh, we're going to put the QR code up on the screen. Uh, this is the way that you can participate. We are running a deficit at this time of the year, and um, we do encourage you, if it's something that you want to do to help um, contribute, is to go online and sign up for online recurring giving. Uh, that does help stabilize our income. Uh, we really appreciate that. If you are here in the sanctuary, you can give in the offering boxes on your way out, or you can go and, again, either pay through uh, or, or donate through the app or online. Um, next things to do, what's the takeaway from today, is either um, receive prayer out on our prayer lanai after the service, or if you're online, click um, uh, I would like prayer, or please follow the crowd that goes over to Hebrews Coffee Bar afterwards. Please uh, spend some time. Community takes work, take some time to just uh, show up, make some new friends, connect with uh, old friends uh, alike. If you don't mind now, if you don't mind, please standing and receiving this final blessing. May the love of God our Father and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all for now and forevermore. And all God's children say, Amen. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We are surrounded by incredible witnesses for Jesus Christ, including you and everything you do in his name. Let's continue to eliminate the sin and distractions, and let's keep our eyes on Jesus. If you want to catch up on or listen again to previous services, visit our websites, fpchawaii.org and thevinehawaii.org. You can also find First Prayer sermons on most major podcast services and on YouTube. 
First Pres invites you to church. Join us in person or online. Services are Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. at the Ko'olau campus, 10 a.m. at the Vine, or online through the websites. Remember, when you visit the website, check out the news page to keep up with all that's happening at First Pres. You can also sign up for emails, listen to or watch sermons, and lots more. And as always, if there's anything First Pres can do for you, please reach out through the websites or just call 808 808- Five three two one 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 one. For senior pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Prayers, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you. Stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2022 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.